All right. Welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We're in partnership with the Black and Gold Hockey Productions, LLC. You're here with another single co-host today, Andrew Lindroth. Unfortunately, my father is uh, uh, repairing from jet lag right now. He was in Europe for about three weeks. Um, but still, we have an awesome guest here today uh, with me. And uh, I've been doing the research on him all week, so I'm excited to ask him some of these questions. Today, I got... Uh, guest with me today, Damian Surma. So Damian played junior hockey in the OHL for the Plymouth Whalers from 98 until 2002. And during that time was drafted in the sixth round of the 1999 NHL draft by the Carolina Hurricanes. He got his first taste of pro hockey action, making the jumps to the American Hockey League in 2002. And later that season was awarded the opportunity to suit up for his first NHL game and also went on to score his first NHL goal that game as well. From that point, Damon went on to suit up for an additional game with Carolina the following season and later played for several leagues from 2002 until 2014, such as the AHL, ECHL, UHL, and also played in Italy and a couple of other leagues that we'll be talking about as well. This guy has a wealth of hockey knowledge, knows what it's like to grind it out daily as a pro hockey player. And uh, without further ado, we'll please welcome our special guest today, Damien Serma. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for the, the beautiful introduction. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's like something your mother wrote or from Elite Prospects or something, <laughs> but all in our home court. So absolutely, we'll take it back from the beginning, man. So, uh, what were some of your best experiences during the OHL days with the Plymouth Whalers, and how did you come about making that team? Because I know you're actually drafted in the priority draft to that team, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, up until probably the summer of that draft, I was I was supposed to go to to, to college, right, and Ended up playing in the North American League when I was 16, turning 17. And uh, <laughs> the the grades started to drop off because we were gone all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I was supposed to go to Michigan State. And the the coach, uh, the assistant coach was my coach for, for uh, the select tournaments, the festivals that we used to have, uh, 15, 16, 17. And he was just like, he, he called me. He was like, Damien, he's like, you, you have to pick up your grades. And, you know, I, I tried and, you know, just with, with all the hockey and, and everything like that, I, I just, I, I'm a little bit lazy too, being, being a kid, just wanting to play hockey. But right. so I, I was, you know, I was forced with a decision to, you know, either maybe go and play like three, four years of junior and try to get my grades up and, or, take the other out, go to the OHL. And my dad let me make the decision. And, you know, I thank him for that. But, uh, yeah, so I, I just, you know, decided to go to Plymouth. And, you know, it did, you know, for me, it turned out, turned out awesome. Those are four of the best years of my life. Awesome. So that was always one of my main questions to a lot of guys that, you know, play junior hockey, especially don't go the NCAA route. I always wonder, you know, as a teenager, you probably don't have a normal life, right? I mean, obviously, it's probably hard to keep up with school. I mean, were you able to even have like a normal social life or is your whole life just hockey at this point? That's just your only focus. I, I mean, it was pretty normal. Uh, I, I played baseball too. So, you know, I played, you know, I mean, high school, like high school is what high school is, right? It's it's going to parties, going to dances and, and everything like that. But like, I was never, uh, I I didn't feel like I was missing anything. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoyed hockey so much that, that wasn't even like a sacrifice to me. Like it didn't even cross my mind to miss something for hockey to go to a school dance or, you know, something. And, and like I said, growing up playing baseball, all my coaches knew hockey came first. 
you know, and then if I had to miss a tournament or whatever, because I had a hockey tournament, like they were fine with it. And, but like, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't feel at any, any point, like I was sacrificing anything because I loved it so much. And so who, during that time, I mean, who was your mentor and who helped you prepare for that pro hockey stage that you quickly jumped into after your junior days? Uh, I would, I mean, my dad was like all my athletic ability. I got, I got from my dad. He, he was a, uh, all, all state, all Catholic high school quarterback, uh, point guard catcher. And then after all that was done, he went to, um, like a community college around here to play, or it wasn't a community college, actually. It was like a up and coming, like D one back in the day. Uh, he went there to play football. And then after that was done, he, I mean, he played hockey too. And he went to play in the old IHL. He played for, I think like four, four or five months. And then my mom was pregnant with me and he was like, all right, well, I'm going to come home. And, you know, he became a Detroit police officer. So he, he was, I would say probably my biggest growing up, my, my mentor, my, you know, the person who I leaned on a lot to, you know, in, in hockey and, um, going forward and in, into, I would say my first, first year in Plymouth, like Pete DeBoer was my coach and man, he, he was tough on me. He, <laughs> I was, uh, I was a bigger, like not height wise, but like weight wise, I was a, I was a bigger kid always. Right. I was, I think I was like 185 pounds in like sixth grade, but I was like five, five, six, five, seven, five, eight. And that just kind of went, went with me. And he, he was the one that told me like, look, he's like, you have to be under 200 pounds or Carolina's not even going to look at you. And, you know, I, I took that to heart and I, as, as good as I could, I, I got down to like 198. But like, like I said, like I, I'm just a big bone dude. Like my mom's Italian. Like she's a great cook. So <laughs> my, my, uh, the food at home I ate was, was better than the food that you get at the restaurant. So it was, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough struggle, but he, uh, you know, he, he steered me on the right path and, you know, it's, it's something that I think you don't see now with, with coaches because some of the things that he did or said were, would probably be frowned upon now. Right. But they got me, you know, going and, you know, in the right direction. So 1999, um, you went on to be drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes, sixth round. Mm -hmm. What's your draft story? Where were you? How did you find out? What was story? Right. We're actually, uh, we're in Boston. The, uh, the draft was in Boston. Okay. Uh, we, I mean, I, I, I was with a small agency and they don't, they had, I think, we were their first draft class. It was me, uh, a guy by the name of Rob Zepp, who I played with in Plymouth. Uh, he was a goalie. Um, a guy uh, that was a defenseman for the Spitfires, Craig Mahan, and then uh, Craig Anderson were our, the four guys that they had. And we all went to the draft, and you know, three of us got drafted that day. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of surreal, like something – something that I wanted my whole life, right. Worked for it my whole life. And, you know, I remember in like second grade, my teacher was like, what, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like a hockey player. She was like, well, what if that doesn't work out? I'm like, don't worry. Will." And you know, it, like who knows, like nobody knows at, at that time that it's going to work out or not, but like, that's all I ever wanted to do. And 
to be there and to hear hear my name called like it was uh it was you would uh i had my my dad my mom my sister my brother uh my aunt my uncle two of my aunts two of my uncles like five cousins like when my name got called you would have thought it was it was the number one overall pick like they went nuts like they went nuts and yeah it was uh it was it was it was something i'll i'll remember forever so you say that you know since second grade you you had told your teacher you always want to be an nhl player i mean was that seriously always your dream you took it seriously or was there a point maybe in juniors or when you got drafted where there was a moment where you said to yourself, you know what, I think it is possible I can make it to the NHL. And I think that this is a real opportunity. At what point did you feel that? Yeah. Like, go, like going, like going through my first year in Plymouth, like we, we were loaded. Like we had three guys drafted in the top 10, um, probably another two or three guys in the later in the first round. We had probably three or four second rounders, three or four third rounders, and like some fourth, fifth, sixes. But we were we were loaded, and I didn't really to start the year. I didn't really play all that much, and you know it kind of like started creeping into my head. Like, well, maybe maybe like this is this is the end of the road. Like, I'm my whole life, right? I was I was the the guy the number one or number two guy, and on the team or in the state or wherever, and then getting there and I wasn't even fucking t- the top 10. Right. Wow. Like it, 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 like it was a shock. And then towards the end of the year, a couple of guys got hurt and I stepped in and, and started, you know, producing points and uh, started to get more comfortable. And then, you know, I, I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't the end. And and then, you know, that following summer, I ended up getting drafted and, you know, went to camp and yeah, it was, I would say like the summer of 99 was where I was like, all right, well, like you gotta, I was, I was focused and and driven before, but like, that was like, all right, eye opener. Like you have to do so much more than, than you have been doing. So yeah, it was, it was, it was an eye opening experience for sure. So during the middle of all this, after you get drafted, I believe that's when uh, you, uh, you played for team USA in the world juniors, I believe. And then uh, you played, it was seven games. You had two goals, four points, I believe. So you did really well. And as we all know, the news right now, World Juniors just canceled. Um, obviously, they're trying to postpone it. But with COVID and everything in the middle of the, the series, man, that's got to be really, really tough for those kids. And a lot of them want to obviously have that opportunity, let alone the Olympics for those pros. But focusing on World Juniors, what do you think that they're missing out on? And how important was that experience for you, especially – during that time as you were already drafted and you're working your way towards eventually becoming a pro hockey player. I mean, my heart goes out to those kids. Like, like just like I work, work my whole life for something, right? Like these kids have put in time and and effort and blood, sweat and tears and, you know, to have it, uh, to have it taken away from them because of something that they have no control over. It's, it's, it's gotta suck. Um, you know, they're, they're missing out. They're missing out on a lot. Like playing for your country is, is, you know, I, I would, I, I mean, I, I can't remember being more excited, like other than being drafted, but like when I finally got the call to that, I was going to play for, for team USA. I remember like, I just had like tears in my eyes and I was like, all right, like, 
finally, like I'm, I'm taking that next step and, and, and being recognized as, as one of the best players in the country. And, you know, it, it was, it was, it was so much fun. Like we, we had a good group of guys and we had like the group of guys that we had, like we played against each other our whole lives. Right. So like we had battles and you know finals of tournaments growing up and everything like that. And like to, to play against them your whole life. And then finally like be on a team with them. It was, it took a little, it took a little getting used to, but yeah. you know, once, once you got used to it, like it's just like any other team you're on, like you do anything for them. Right. Who were your line mates? On that team. Well, well, I was so uh, the year in my second year in Plymouth and in, in 99-2000, I, I tore my ACL in the playoffs. So I like I was late coming. I, I missed all the, the USA stuff in the summers. And, you know, they, they just were like, we're holding the spot for you. We're going to come watch you. So I was the 13th forward uh, going into, you know, the world juniors and then. I think uh, I was, I think it was me and uh, Troy Riddle were, were kind of switching in and out on that 12, 13 spot. And uh, yeah, so I didn't, I mean, I guess you could, you could say I was kind of like a, uh, like a, a fill in uh, to whatever line if somebody got hurt or if somebody, you know, wasn't, wasn't going that night or whatever, I, I would, I would just fill in and, and do the best I could and, yeah, it's a, and I was fine with it too, you know, because I, I never got to to play for for my my country before, and you know, just just being there was was awesome. So after any of your junior days, you had finished your last season with Plymouth Whalers, and then I had noticed just you know on, on your stat pages and everything, you actually played your first pro game at the tail end of that season in the American Hockey League with. Um, the low lock monsters, yeah. right? So, yeah. first of all, it's kind of a two part question. How did that even come about? And then, what was the transition like? I Man, I know you're playing in junior, so it's you know as close to AHL and National you know, Hockey League um, type hockey with fighting and the hits. But that had to be a weird transition playing with kids to grown ass men, right? Even though how big yeah. you are, still it's got to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it it, it was. Uh... Like I so so my my OA year in, in Plymouth, I started out the year I was in the AHL and I played uh, I played all four preseason games and then I, I think I played I, I played the home opener and then I didn't play another game for two months and I basically got uh, got skated. I practiced with the team, got skated for about an hour, hour and a half after. And then I would have like an hour, hour and a half workout. And then I would go back to the hotel where I was the only one still in the hotel. I'd go back to the hotel, sit in my room for pretty much the rest of the night, unless, you know, we went out to dinner or something. But uh, yeah, so like that was my first taste of, of pro hockey. And I was just, I was miserable, man. I, like I, I, I was on the phone with my buddies back in Plymouth. I'm just like, this is this is the worst, like, this, this isn't, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And so I finally, one day they, they told me like, we're going to send you down to uh, Florida and the East coast. And all I, all I heard from guys like down there that it was like, it was a great place to be obviously. Cause it was in, in Fort Myers, Florida, right. you know, the weather's great and you know, golf and all that stuff. But like you, you go down there and, and you don't want to leave, right? Like guys go down there 
like we used to call <clears throat> we used to call the ECHL the easy come hard leave league, <laughs> and you know it it is true like it, once you get down there it's it's tough to work your way back up. So as a twenty year old with with still like a year of of playing in Plymouth, I, I was like, you know what, like just can you can you guys just send me back to Plymouth? And they're like, well, let's let us talk about it. And a couple of days later, like, yeah, we're gonna send you back down to Plymouth. That's I'm like perfect. So I went down there and, you know, played the season out with them. And at the end of the year, got called back up. Uh, but like, yeah, like you said, like going from being a big fish in a small pond, being a 20 year old playing against, you know, 19, 18, 17, 16 year olds to being a 20 year old, 21 year old playing against 30 year old men. Yeah. I, <laughs> it was, I, I think <clears throat> it was the first game. It was the first game and I was, I like I, I had hurt my wrist actually. I think I, I I'm pretty sure it was Rick Nash hit me from behind in playoffs, and I jammed my wrist. And so I went up there with like a like a playing splint on and everything. And so the first game we lined up, it was uh, we played the Saint Saint John Saint John's Maple Leafs, and we were in Newfoundland. And there's this guy next to me, and he gave me a whack on the laces. And I looked over, and you know he didn't he didn't look like a, like a tough, tough guy. Yeah. I was just like, all right. And I'm like, yeah. so I gave him one back and then the puck got dropped and I kind of stuck him right between the legs and he like grabs me. And like, when I say I've never been manhandled like that before, like <laughs> he, he, he like, it was before I knew it, like I was looking down on the ice and I was looking up at the sky and down on the ice and I'm like, what the hell is going on? He's and the ref comes over. You. <laughs> yeah, the ref ref comes over and he's just like he's like parrot. He's like let him go. He's only twenty. He's like you tell this kid not to stick me anymore. And I was just like holy shit, man! Like I didn't. <laughs> so yeah. So it was a yeah. So I mean yeah. So you're a pretty big guy. Did you get challenged quite a bit, especially when you were young? And they probably were like, you know, is this guy <clears throat> trying to do some? Are you, were you running guys too? And what was kind of your game? Back yeah. Then? So I I was. <laughs> I was a bit of, of, of everything. Like I was always bigger growing up. So like, I didn't have to like run anybody. Like I would just skate and they would hit me and they would bounce off when I was like, you know, first, first couple of years of uh, checking. And then like, like I said, like when I was, you know, 15, 16 playing, playing in the North American league, it, it was a little, little different. And that was the first year I started like working out and I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, trying to throw throw weights around and whatever but you know, I started to get real strong and then I started you know to be you know fit really physical and I was like all right well this is you know how I have to play it's a different game back then too right and I look at some of the, the clips on YouTube of like our our teams like our highlights and stuff there's a couple of hits where if I did it now like it, it would be a five ten game suspension like right. But like back then it was, it was legal. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I, I would beginning of the game, me and my, me and my line mate would be like, all right, like let's dump the puck in the corner and run this guy, run this guy, run this guy. And then we'll have space. Right. Well, we did that. And then when I got the space, I, you know, kind of figured out like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty skilled as well. So I, I was able to make plays and, and, you know, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, like I was caught in the middle of I wasn't a, like a super skilled guy or I wasn't like a, a, a really tough guy. So 
I was at, I had to do everything. I had to hit, I had to, you know, be a playmaker. I had to score goals. I had to fight when I needed to because of the hits. And right. so, yeah, but I, I, I liked it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was about 23, I think 24, where I was like, you know what, getting hit in the face is not fun. I'm not going to be a fighter. So I, <laughs> I, I worked on my, uh, my skills a little bit. Who was the first person you had to drop the gloves with? at your pro level do you remember at the pro level at the pro level <laughs> i'm sure you fought some uh, tough characters in the o too but uh you know talking pro tim flynn tim flynn he, he he played in manchester and this was my first year this was my first year in manchester and uh you know a 20 year old kid trying to make the team and, and make a name for himself he it's it's preseason and he going behind the net our goalie comes out and plays the puck and he like bumps our goalie and then tim flynn's like he's like six six maybe six five six six but he's probably 240 250 pounds and if not more and uh bald bald head like bald like i am now jet black goatee and he so he bumps our goalie our goalie like loses his helmet falls and for whatever reason like it just it's the ohl mentality i still had i just went bah, cross-checked him in the back he went head first into the boards and like i swear he grew three inches four inches when he stood up again because like i looked up at him and i was just like oh shit <laughs> and before i knew it like i got hit 45 times in the back of the head and i like threw one punch and i hit him with the one punch i'm pretty sure i had to jump but I threw one punch and the refs got in and, and broke it up. But yeah, it's uh Yeah, I gotta give you credit because <laughs> listeners don't know you're only what five eight, five nine, right? Italians are known just, as tall. Just under five ten, yeah. I I, say, I'll give my I'll give myself five nine and three quarters. Cool. Yeah, I'm Italian <laughs> as well. So we're not known for our our high no. thing, but that's okay. No. We're still pretty tough people. <laughs> yeah, so, scrappy. Uh your first pro season then, you did get the call up to the NHL and you did play one game. You had a magical moment, had your first NHL game, but I mean, your first NHL goal, before we get to the goal, what, what was your first moments? Like when you got the call up, what was the call up like? Let's start with that. Did you get a call? Well, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, well, so ba backtrack about a week before the actual call up my, like I was, let me preface this by saying, that year, Carolina lost like something like uh, like 280 or like 380 games to to injury, lost man games. So everybody got called up that year. Like, and the guys that got called up got hurt as well. So for me to get called up, it was just like a like a lunar eclipse, like a just a like all the stars aligned and and, and everything, right? Because I wasn't. I wasn't playing all that much. Like I was probably playing five minutes a game, six minutes a game. And most of it was penalty kill. And uh, finally, like everybody starts getting called up and I start playing a little bit more. start putting up some points. And uh, all of a sudden, like two, two, three weeks before the call up, I started getting bag skated and, you know, the coaches kind of like ride me pretty hard. And I, I'm thinking it's because, you know, I'm the only guy under contract still there. Well, 
it was because they were sending me down to Florida because they weren't happy with the way I was playing. And so I'm a, I'm a go with the flow kind of guy. Like I'm not standoffish in, in any, in any sense of the word, but finally I was like, I, I, Tom Rowe was the coach or the assistant coach. I was skating me. I'm like, Tom, I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm the only guy on the contract here. I go, I'm, I'm still only on like the third line. Like, like, I, I just don't understand what, what's happening right now. And he's like, well, he's like, we're going to send you down to Florida, blah, blah, blah. And like, I think it was me being tired from being bag skated and me just kind of having enough. And I was just like, you know what? I'm like, sorry, but I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, I ain't going, I'm not going to Florida. He's like, well, what do you mean? He's I'm like, I'm not going to Florida. Like I'm, I've worked my, I worked my butt off all year. I haven't said anything. I've seen guys come up from the East coast hockey league from, from not even our team, from other teams that aren't affiliated with Carolina playing in front of me, guys from the central hockey league. I didn't even know what the central hockey league was at the time. I'm like, these guys are coming up playing in front of me. I'm like, I'm like, honestly, that goes, it's bullshit. And he's like, well, if we send you down, you have to go. I'm like, I'll go home. I'm like, I don't care. And this was all just me talking shit. Like it wasn't, right. I, I wasn't actually going right. to go home. Like I would have been on the plane to Florida, but for whatever reason, like I just, that just came out of my mouth at the time. And he, he was like, all right. He's like, well, I'll let him know how you feel. I'm like, okay. Like a week later, my, my girlfriend at the time came in to visit and I told her, I was like, there's a chance I might be getting sent to Florida. She's like, oh, she's like, well, that's okay. My parents have a place there, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, well, that's not really what I'm worried about. And so finally, like, my phone starts ringing, my, like, off the hook, off the hook. And back then, it wasn't like an iPhone, right? I couldn't see who was calling. It just said, like, unknown number. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and finally, the the apartment building, the apartment leasing office called, like, hey, we have uh, Tom Rowe here that's, uh, you know, he's been, he's been trying to get a hold of you. I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. I'm like, send him up. So he came up and I opened the door and I peeked my head down the hallway. He's like, he used to call me Sermi. He's like, Sermi, where the hell you been? I'm like, I've been here. He's like, I've been trying to get a hold of you. He's like, pack your bags. You're leaving. You're leaving in like two hours. I'm like, oh, I'm like, how long am I going to be in Florida? And he stops and he was like, it was like in a movie. He stops, he turns around, he goes, you ain't going to Florida. You're going to Carolina. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, sick joke. I'm like, sick joke. He's like, it's not a joke. He's like, so-and-so got hurt. I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, okay. So I walked in I sat on my couch. My girlfriend looked at me. She goes, are you going to Florida? I'm like, no, I, I, I got called up to Carolina. She started crying. Like, I think I started crying. And yeah, it was, it was a, <laughs> it yeah, it was it was to think like let's say like I didn't call her, I didn't answer the phone again and whatever and like maybe I missed my my first my first call up you know it's yeah no shit yeah so it, yeah it was that's memorable that's for sure so when you first get there then second part of the question what at what point did you take everything in was it you know the pregame skate this the solo rookie lap was it the locker room you first got in there we go holy shit, I made it. Like, I even if I played just this one game, I've I, I made my dream come true. I played in the NHL. Yeah. I, I mean, I still remember, like, pretty much everything. Like, 
I, I being there, being there with the guys, like from earlier years, the camps and stuff like that. Like I, I knew most of the guys, a couple of guys that got traded there, whatever. I, I didn't know, but like, like the main guys, like, you know, Ron Francis, uh, Jeff O'Neill, uh, Brenda Moore, like those, those guys were just all just like, they were awesome to the young guys. So like they made it real easy and they, they like kind of relaxed you a little bit as you were, you know, you were getting ready to play, play your first game in, in the league you've been dreaming of playing your whole life. So it was like, I would say five minutes before warm up is when it all like hit me. Right. Like I went out there for, for a funny story before, like I am, I am freaking out right before, before warmups and I'm, I'm putting water on my face and I had long hair back then, like long curly red hair, like my beard, red hair. And I'm like water in my hair and I'm shaking my head out and I'm looking in the mirror. And then Jeff O'Neill walks in and I put my helmet on. He goes, what are you doing? I go, ah, freaking out. I don't know. What do you mean? He goes, why are you putting your helmet on? I'm like, Oh, we're, I'm getting ready to go out for warmups. He goes, yeah. He goes, it's your first game, man. Put some gel in your hair and go out for a, for a hair skate. I was like, you know what? Yeah. So I put gel in my hair and was out there, you know, shooting, passing everything. And I just, I felt, I felt so damn cool. Like it, it was, it was unbelievable. And then, yeah, five minutes before, like, it's like, oh, like this has actually happened. And stepping on the ice, like they didn't, they didn't do the rookie lap or anything like that. But like stepping on the ice and, and skating around for warm ups, it's just like, it, it's this, this happened. This is happening. So who did you score on? Patrick Lalim. Ah, Patrick okay. Patrick Lalim. Awesome. Yeah. And so what? What was that feeling like? Was it at home? It was, it was in Carolina. Yeah, it was okay. in Carolina, but it was, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if bittersweet's the right word. I, have you, did you, have you seen it? Have you seen the goal at all? No. no. So two on one, like O'Neill makes two good plays, chips it by the one guy, chips it by the defenseman two on one. And like, as I'm busting out of the zone on a two on one with them, like, I think it was Wade, Wade Red, pretty sure it was Wade Red. And we get into the zone and he's like all the way on the other side. I'm like, Holy shit. Like I'm going to have a breakaway in the NHL. Like O'Neill's going to pass it over. I'm going to have a breakaway. Well, O'Neill didn't pass it over. He took a slap shot from like almost the boards, <laughs> almost the boards, top of the circles on the lean, but he, he took a slap shot on the ice. Right. And now I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's doing it for a rebound, right? Well, the puck jumps up, like Lalim goes down, puck jumps up off his stick, and it's like like this high off the ice. And I'm I'm still going full speed. Puck jumps up, and I just see it, and I'm one and like don't don't even have time to react, but I bat it in out of the air. And as I bat it in, Lalim's diving over. And I try to jump up and get out of his way. And, but he clips my, my right leg and I fall, like, I don't fall, but like I, I get down on my one leg, but I can't get the other one under me. And I go into the boards and separate my shoulder. Oh. So like, it, it, like the team I coach now, like at the beginning of the year, every, every year I coach, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm coach Serma, 
played here, 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 here. Uh, and then the kids like go look you up and they see your goal and they're just like, Oh man, like, were you okay after you, uh, after you ran into the boards? I'm like, uh, no, I separated my shoulder (laughs) and they're like in your first game. I'm like, yeah, my first game. So, so it was really the curse. I mean, everybody got injured even when they got called up. That's everybody, everybody. That was nuts. So you obviously, you continue playing the AHL. You do play another game with Carolina. Was that another situation of injuries and everything? Was it kind of a similar story? Is it as good of a story getting called back up? Uh, hey, not to mention you got another point. Yeah. It, point it per game be, player. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. But yeah, me, Gretzky, Lemieux, Crosby, Ovechkin. Um, it, it might be a better story, actually, because I got called up from the East Coast League. Okay. And the only reason, the only reason I got called up and they didn't bring somebody in from, from Lowell is because I was in Fort Myers and they were playing in Miami. So they were just like, we'll just have him drive three hours instead of flying somebody in. So, so I got, so we played our last game. It was the last game of the year. So we played our last game in, in Fort Myers and Coach, after the game, first off, Justin Williams called me, and he's just like, hey, he's like, hey, congrats, man. I'm like, thanks. I'm for congrats on what? I'm like, making the playoffs? I'm like, sweet. Like, he's like, no. He's like, what? He's like, no. He's like, you, they're packing your jersey in the, uh, in the trunk. I think he's like, I think you're playing with us tomorrow. I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, I'm, I go, I'm in Florida in the East Coast League. He's like. Uh, well, he's like, they're packing your jersey. So I'm just like, you got to be shitting me, man. Like, I'm going from playing in the East Coast League, moving up two leagues to play in the, the best league in the world. I go, oh, what the what am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to do anything. Like, what? So right. I like, I was just freaking out. And then after the game, the coach was like, yeah, he's like, you're you're going to go up and play with, uh, with Carolina uh, against the Panthers. I was just like. Oh, it was it was it was almost like I don't want to say it was like a like a, a burden <laughs> because right. that's not the right word, but like like I was more I was so nervous because right. like I said, like I went from the A to the NHL before and like that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're not supposed to go from the coast to the NHL. It just doesn't make any sense. And so he's like, all right, he's like, you dry, you're leaving tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. You probably want to leave at this time, it's this far. I'm like, okay. So I, I get I get in the car in the morning. I get in the car and I start driving. And I'm on the phone. I'm and this is before map this is before like GPS in your cars and all this stuff, right? GPS in your phone. So I'm driving. I got the, the directions printed out and you know, I'm driving, 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 talking to everybody. Talk. Finally, I like I've been on the road for two two hours. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I should be seeing signs for for Miami. Nothing. No, no signs, no nothing. Finally, I call, call one of the guys on the team. I'm like, hey, I'm like, uh, if I'm going to Miami, like, which way do I go on 75? And they're like, south. I'm like, you have got to be shitting me. Oh, you're going north. I drove north, and I almost got to Tampa Bay. So, I used to live in Tampa. Yeah, you drove the wrong way. Dude, man, I was so... Like as soon as as soon as he said as soon as like the the sound of the N came out of his mouth or his S came out of his mouth, 
like my heart stopped. I started sweating. I got the cold sweats. I'm like, I'm going to miss the game. I'm going to miss the game. So I locked up the brakes, got off, got back on. And as soon as I got on, there were like two cars, like just humming past me. And I, I stepped on the gas. I caught up to them. We were going like 98 miles an hour, hundred miles an hour. They got off at the same exit to fill up with gas that I needed to get off at. We filled up with gas. We got back on. I caught back up to him. I, I called Justin Williams. I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, this is what happened. I'm like, I don't understand whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just tell him I'm going to be a little late. Well, I showed up to the rink. The game was at four. I showed up to the rink at like 3.10. They were just about to go on the ice for warmups. I walked into the room. I had the tag still on my pants, the tag still on my gloves, my like everything was just in the stall. Everybody just got out on warm ups. I hurried up, got dressed in like 14 seconds and ended up jumping on the ice. I got on the ice with three minutes left in warm ups. And as I got on the ice, Sean Hill, Jeff O'Neill, uh, everybody started clapping their stakes like, hey, like, you know, Glad you could join us, blah, blah. My face was just red. Yeah. I was so embarrassed. And I literally, I, I got out there. I did two hard laps. I remember I took a puck. I took a shot on, I think the goalie was Patrick DeRoche. I took a shot on Patrick DeRoche, hit the post, got off the ice. And I just went and I literally sat in my stall with my helmet, my gloves on. And I just had my eyes closed. I'm like, please, God, just get me through this game. <laughs> Yeah, you guys have not been a good day, man. No, no. <laughs> and you ended up getting a point. Who'd you, yeah. who'd you assist on? Uh, I, I assisted on Eric Stahl. No, Joseph, was it? Eric Stahl's goal. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, – so I was I played wing up there, and for some – somehow, some way, I got – ended up covering for Joseph Vasicek down low. And I got the puck in the corner, and I – I went to go behind the net and there's a guy chasing me. So I spun off him. He like, I think it was like Ole Jokinen. He, he grabbed like the back of my helmet and like ripped my helmet off. And I had hair back then, right? Like long hair still. So like I started skating up the ice, like with my flow out. And all of a sudden, like a guy came at me and I backhand sauced it, sauced it over to Vasicek at, at like our hash marks. He took it the length of the ice cut to the middle, dropped it to stall, and stall buried on Luongo. Awesome. Point per game player in the NHL. That's hey, they can, never, they can <laughs> never take that from me. So after that game, you continue playing the AHL for a little bit. And then something, you know, I, I read that you, you were a, a battalion uh, a descent, but what made you decide to go and play in Italy? You went on to play in the Italy A League, I believe, for a few yeah. years. And – came back to America and then went back again. So what was the whole story on going to Italy? No, I, so I was there, I signed a three-year contract um, in 05, no, 06, 07. Okay. So I signed a three-year contract and I, I played the first two years in uh, Asiago and a couple of things happened. And my, my dad got sick the summer of, so 607, 07, 08, like the summer of 08. Yeah, the summer of 08. And like I didn't – like my dad was in the, the hospital for pretty much all summer. And, you know, I just didn't – I didn't have it. 
not that I worked out at that point too much anyways, because I just a couple, I don't know, just bad decisions, but I didn't, I like, I, I didn't care. Right. Like I didn't right. like, I, I would, I was like, all right, I'm going to go there. I'm going to work out. We get, we had to get there like a month before the season anyway. So I'm like, I'll just skate. Well, the, the, the owner of the team, the president of the team, like I walked in and I was, I was probably like 225, 230. And he was just like, he just started shaking his head. I'm like, shit. I'm like, this isn't good. And so they sent me down to the, to the B league. And back then the B league wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Right. Like I think the first, the first game, the first game in the B league at, at like 220, 225, 30 pounds, whatever I was, I think I had like 15 shots on that. Like it was like, wow. it was like kind of like playing like shinny hockey with my buddies back home. Well, I was and about to ask, so what would you compare it to like the ECHL and stuff then? I would say the, the A league, the A league is like, like the, or, or was like the ECHL. Okay. It was just a little more wide open, you know, not, not, not as much hitting. Um, you know, the Olympic ice is, it's easy to, to get around out there, but the, the second league was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as good, especially right. back then. Like it might, might be better now, but right. yeah. So I was just like, man, I'm like, I, I either one, I have to get out of here. And this was after the first game. I was like, I either have to get out of here or I'm going to be like, my career is going to be over. Right. And I don't know. <laughs> have you seen anything about the the suspension or anything like that? I saw something about that. What what was that about? So so this it was like I was there probably for like three four months, and like the whole time I was pretty much telling them like I like I want to go home, like let me go home. And they're just like, we need you to win the championship so we can go to the A division, so the Syria. I'm like uh, I'm like you don't need me. Like the team's better than any team we have. And so fast forward to our, uh, what was called our derby match. And we were playing Milan and from the opening face off till what happened leading to my suspension, we were shorthanded pretty much a whole game and we were still up three to one. That's how good our team was. And our, like our defense was behind the net and he, he like him and another guy ran into each other. Our defenseman had the puck. They ran into each other and their guy fell. Our guy started skating up the ice. Their guy grabbed his stick and he was like dragging him like a little kid drags his kid on, on the, on the pond. Right? right. And so I touched the puck, started heading up ice and the ref blows a whistle. And I just, for whatever reason, just come to a complete stop, grab the puck, turn. And I look at him and I see him and he's just like Val Peliche, do a minute interference i'm like you gotta be kidding me wires crossed whatever i don't know what it was i fired the puck right at him right and like i missed him by like that much like just like i wasn't trying to hit him and i wasn't trying to for it to be that close it just worked out how it was he turned and he looked and he started blowing his whistle and tapping his head and i turned to my my italian line mate i'm like what does that mean he goes you're fucked. I'm oh, like, oh, and then so it, it like clicked in my head. I'm just like, well, this is my way home then. So then I started, I ch- I started chasing him around the rink, and I like took my glove off, threw my glove off, threw my glove at him, threw my other glove at him, took my helmet off, threw my helmet at him, and I like chased him for a good three, three, four, five minutes, 
And wow. I was just, I was screaming at him and I've never been suspended ever in my life uh, from school for anything like hockey, fighting, nothing for hockey, nothing like no, like dirty plays, nothing except for that. And wow. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know what I was thinking or why I did it, but I mean, I got, it got, it got, it got me home. It got me I was back. Say, to that was your ticket home then, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, man. So you can't, you come back and you continue playing pro for a couple more years and you actually end up in the infamous UHL. Yeah. Was that during the Danbury Trashers time? Now that that documentary is out, what was that league like compared to the IHL too? <laughs> you for the IHL too, which was probably wasn't as crazy as back in the day, but what the, was it like? the, the IHL was, it was not, it was like a 17 league, right? Like I had, I had been, I got cut from Wichita because I, I mean, I was making a lot of money and we were terrible. So like, they just like, they cut me and then I like, I couldn't find anywhere to play. So I was like, fuck, I'm, whatever. And I thought, I thought I was done. And then, so I, I got a call from uh, Rich Crom in Muskegon. He's like, Hey, he's like uh, Damian Rich Crom. I'm, I'm the head coach of Muskegon. We see you looking for a place to play. We'd like to bring you in. I'm like, perfect. I'm like, uh, coming in. So that league was, it was fine. It was, it was like, do you, have you ever heard of like the, what is it called? Like this men, it's a men's league in, in Canada, but it's like, it's like an actual, like full check, like an actual, like good league, like men's right. league. Yes. It's like series, series A or something like that, or. I can't remember what it's called, but um, that's kind of what it felt like, right? We played the same six teams over and over, and, and, and like our furthest trip was like three hours to to Fort Wayne. But that that league was what it was. It, it was last year, and you know teams went out of that league and went into the Central League after that. But before before that, I went to this was actually before Italy uh, when I went to play in Kalamazoo. And yeah, I was there with the with the Danbury Trashers, and we're we're the team that actually beat them in the finals. Okay. And dude, that that documentary is like a Disney portrayal of what what they were like and what that arena was like. And right. I I've I never been. What's that? I heard, I heard it was rough. We actually had uh, the son AJ Galante on the show. Yeah, I about saw a month that. Or two ago. It's crazy, and and I can only imagine it was just a Disney World version. I mean, what were the visiting locker rooms like? Was it was it that bad? See, we didn't like. I don't know for for whatever reason, like we never had anything happen to us, like goalies pads go missing, or allegedly, right. or <laughs> or like anything like crazy, or that I can remember. I can't remember anything like that. I mean, that was sixteen years ago, so like. My memory is pretty foggy, anyways. But, um, I'll, like the the locker rooms were just like a regular like a rec, going into your local like rec arena and just a small locker room, right, with like folding chairs around because they didn't have enough seats. But, it, uh, you know, say say what you want, or whoever can like bash him for doing what he did, but like he's that kid's a damn genius, man. Like yeah. bringing in the guys that he brought in and. 
and for that team being as successful as it was, like I've never been, I've never been afraid, like, like afraid, like I've been nervous and like scared, like, but like, I don't know if I belong here. Like my first couple of games in the NHL, right. I don't know if I belong here. Like, right. is this like, I was scared to actually play those guys. Like, so what did like, you already hear about it by the time you got to the league about them? Or Well, the, so I started that year in, in Missouri in the same league. I started in Missouri and um, we, we were didn't didn't do well we were like started out like two and 18 or two and 20 or something like that and i was just miserable this is this is two years after being in florida losing in the finals every year 85 degree weather golfing four days a week right i was just like man I'm like, this is terrible and so i wanted to try to get back to florida and i had it all set up and everything and all of a sudden my roommate comes back who i played with in florida the year before and he's just like hey he's like you talk to anybody i'm like no He's like, you got traded to Kalamazoo. I'm like, motherfucker, man. I'm like, I knew something was going to happen. And so I went, I ended up going to Kalamazoo and it ended up being, you know, probably one of the best decisions I ever made because that team was just so good. And the guys on the team were such good guys. And we had such a fun time playing together. And we ended up winning, you know, the championship there. And, when all that stuff happened with, uh, with, um, Elzinga and, um, Wingfield, 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 when all that stuff happened, like I was in a different league the year before. And then like, yeah, we heard about it. We're just, I'm just like, this is nuts. Like, what is this? And then all of a sudden, boom, like I get traded. I actually got traded from Missouri a week before we were going to Danbury. So I was just like, yes, thank God. And uh, Kalamazoo just got back from the Danbury trip where all that stuff happened. Like we right. felt just beat the wheels off of Elzinga, right? Right. And I was just like, okay, God, thank God. Like I don't, I didn't, I, I don't have to deal with those guys, right? Well, right. wouldn't you know it? Like fast forward four months and we're playing them in the finals i'm like god damn it oh yeah <laughs> but yeah i remember i still remember pulling up for our for our first game because we split we we that year we went 12 and 1 in playoffs like we had a we had an american hockey league team in, in the in the united hockey league. A, a lot of the teams did but we for whatever reason we just kind of like meshed together really well and just at that time we were just we were just clicking and we went 12 and one and the only team to beat us was Danbury and they beat, we split at, at our place. We went, uh, we won the first game. They won the second game. And then we ended up winning three straight in Danbury. And I remember pulling up to Danbury for the first game. And like, there's, there's like a parking garage to the left side of like the rink. And they had like a huge, like, I don't know, hundred, hundred foot wide by like hundred foot tall canvas. And it was just like painted with like the Danbury Trashers logo and had like, like, I think it was him, like the, the logo hitting our logo with a stick. And then it was like, welcome to Danbury. No, hey, Kalamazoo, welcome to the pit of hell or something like that. And I just got off the bus. I was like, where am I right now? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was crazy. It was crazy, man. It was yeah. crazy. So, yeah, I, I, I probably would have been nervous, too. So. 
Um, let's skip on through then a little bit. What you're doing now, you said you were coaching, you told me on yep. here, you're coaching one of the best 16 new teams in the country. Tell, tell us a little bit about the team, what you're doing now. Yeah, they, uh, we are, I think we're currently ranked number four, four or five. I think last time I checked, but, uh, yeah, they're, man, it's a good group of kids. They're, they're, they're just like all the other kids and all the kids growing up now, they're super skilled. And what I'm finding is like all these kids are like skilled and can skate, but like hockey IQ to me will always be the biggest part of hockey. Some of these kids have it. Some of these kids don't. And for me, like the only reason I played for, for as long as I did was because I was a smart hockey player and I, and I could sink the game well. And so I'm trying to kind of bring that aspect to their game because I think if, if they add, you know, some of that along with their skill, cause like growing up playing hockey, like my age kids just went outside and shot pucks with no, no direction, no nothing. It was like a wood stick with, with heavy pucks and, you know, just shoot as many as you can and, and try to, you know, make your shot better. And that was our training. Right. But these kids are, they're on the ice with skating coaches and skills coaches and, you know, it's, it's so much different now and, and it's, you know, it's kind of crazy actually. So obviously I think one of my dad's questions would be, and he likes to ask this to anybody that's coaching, whether it's youth, whether it's pro right now, obviously, especially a lot of these uh, NHL players that are in the younger generation, um, a lot of them prefer to be coddled and everything. And the attitude's a little bit different now, especially young, uh, the younger generation. How do you, transition going from the way that you were treated and how you were taught in hockey growing up to now having to kind of conform to a different kind of attitude, maybe towards the kids, or are you kind of a harder coach? Like maybe Pete DeBoer was to you in the OHL. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, <laughs> so like I said, like growing up, right. My dad was like my, my crutch, right. I leaned on him, but like, he was a, he was a hard ass. Like, he was a uh, grew up in Detroit. He's a hundred percent Polish. Like you know, he grew up you know playing against you know the best kids in the in the in the city. Like I, you guys have boys and girls clubs out, and, yep. and so all the best you know athletes would go there. So like my dad, like from the time he was you know ten, eleven, whatever, was playing against the best athletes, and he knew like what to do. And but he he didn't know like. Coddle, coddle, coddling or like soft isn't in his dictionary, right? right like, right, right. like he's like, he was a screamer and he was a yeller, but like never in like, like, like condescending or mean ways, but just like, that's how he got his point across. Right. So like I had that even way before Pete DeBoer got his hooks into me. Right. So like I knew it wasn't personal. Right. But like, I can see where like other kids, like, you know, Pete was the same way to other kids and those kids got traded because they couldn't handle it. Right. And I know, I know for a fact that, you know, kids these days can't, wouldn't be able to handle it. Some would, some would, but some, some wouldn't, they would either shut down or they would, they would, you know, go to play for a different team. So my style of coaching is kind of a mix between like, I don't, I don't really ever yell, 
but like when I do, they listen. Like maybe once, twice a year, I'll I'll have the veins popping out in my head, but it's right. just to get their attention. Everything else, like, is meant to be like a teaching instrument, right? Like, like look, like I know, like, like I said, like I I'm I thought the game way higher than the level that I played at for for a long time, right? But it was just other things so like i'm i go to them and i tell them i'm like hey i'm like i know what you were thinking there i go but i go did you see the guy that was that was coming back hard like you doing what you did just brought him back into the play by slowing down if you if you start going and then make that pass now everything's fine we get a scoring chance we're fine but now it's coming back our other way so i tried to relate to them in in a in a way that they're like all right well this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to listen to him. Cool. So let's, let's go ahead and go on and finish up. I, I know I've kept, I've kept you for a while now. The last one we're going to move into is the lightning questions. Basically, okay. I'm just going to ask you fast out questions. You can either have a one word quick answer, or if you have a story by all means. So we'll start. Which arena had the worst ice conditions? And when, when I ask these questions, we'll consider even back to OHL days too. Okay. Uh, uh, I would say the Sioux, Sioux Memorial Gardens, where I tore my ACL. Wow. Which arena had the worst locker rooms? Oh, old school London Ice House. Okay. Toughest goalie to score against? Ooh. <laughs> so it's a kid I grew up with, and he ended up being a black ace for, for Carolina when they won the Stanley cup was Craig Kowalski. He was small guy, but he was like super quick, super athletic. And yeah, he's, I would say he's uh, he was the toughest scorer. on. Funniest or most embarrassing thing to happen to you during a game or a warm up while you're on the ice. I think I was 10, 11. I was in love with this kid's sister on my team. Like, was in like in love with her and we were in the finals of the uh, Burlington horseshoe tournament and I wrote her name on my stick in wax and as we're, we're they shut the lights off spotlight on us they announce us we skate out as we skate out I raise my stick and I scream out Jessica and then I go to stop and as I stop right by the boards the light goes away from me but I catch a rut and I boom hit my head off the boards oh, oh yeah that's tough to come back from. Oh, so which player had the innate ability to get under your skin? Who was a rat in your career? Steve Ott. Steve Ott. Yep. We we played we played them eight ten times a year because Plymouth and Windsor are like forty minutes from each other, just over the okay. border. So we played them all the time, and and him, Spezza, Tim Gleason. No, they were just, yeah, well, they were, oh, yeah, them, those stupid white and blue helmets they had. I kind of hated them. <laughs> who was the toughest player you had to play against? I don't necessarily mean fighting-wise, but who was, like, who took up space on the ice? Who just didn't let you get in your groove into your game? Oof. <laughs> Man. I would, I would say – there was this, I, and I, don't even, I, I don't think I can remember his name, but there was this kid in, in Denver when I was in uh, 
when I was in Rapid City. There was this kid in Denver. He was just like, it wasn't like he was a good shit talker, but he would just talk so much shit. Right. And he would call me fat, which I was, but like, I was still good, right? Like, right. <laughs> don't talk shit to me. Like, shut the fuck up. Right. But like, it was like McLeod or McLean, McLean something. He, he was actually really good. He was, he was young, but he was really good. Yeah. So last question, and I know it's kind of broad. You've had a lot of cool moments in your career, but just the first memory that pops up in your mind when I say favorite hockey memory in your pro playing career. I mean, it's just two, uh, scoring my first NHL goal and scoring against Canada in the World Juniors. Awesome. Cool. Well, Damien, look, man, I appreciate you joining the show today, and uh, I'm hoping you're feeling better as well, man. And Thank uh, you. I can't thank you enough, and I know I was riding solo today, but I think it went real well, man, so I appreciate you joining. Yeah, I appreciate you reaching out, and uh, yeah, good luck with everything, man. This, you know, it seems like it's a, it's a pretty, pretty cool little podcast, man. Yeah, man, thank you. All right, normally I have my, uh, my partner with me, my dad here, to talk to me to uh, kind of conclude this episode, but uh, Damien Serma, awesome guest, um, great stories, especially uh, with him getting his opportunities in the NHL. And we're starting to see that a lot now um, with all these COVID protocols and having to call these players up. And uh, I know that the ECHL coaches are having a hard time um, with not only NHL, but AHL teams getting their taxi squads, pulling uh, players up. So you never know if you start to see more of these similar stories. We know we're already seeing with a couple of other players on teams getting their um, crack in the lineup, but uh, exciting guy uh, with, with cool stories. Um, you know, we, we always appreciate the guests coming on and, and taking the time to do this. And we also appreciate um, all of you continuing to watch the show. We're going to be uh, releasing this. Um, this is what December 30th, as we record so January 2nd on that Sunday. And uh, we can't wait to start the new year um, with everybody. And like I said, we can't thank everybody enough for the support um, on this father and son hockey podcast that we just really like to do for fun and try and, uh, get to know these players, get to uh, um, ask questions that bring out a different side um, of the game, um, get that kind of backstage feel in these stories and, you know, really try and highlight some of these guys' career, even the ones that didn't make it to the NHL or NHL regulars because, uh, look, even some of the best players, uh, best musicians in the world don't make it. Um, that, that's the same with anything in the world. So um, great guy. So we appreciate Damon Serma coming on the show today. And I speak for both my father and I when we say thank you again. And you all have a wonderful day.